Yes, guys, um, welcome back to the WM32 Football Podcast. Uh, this week, we are going to be talking things North London, but we're going to have a little bit of a twist. So we are going to go through our teams of the last decade or so. So we're going to go from 2010 right the way through um, until sort of 2019. Um, Connor, I know this one has been a bit of a difficult one for you, given the state of Arsenal over the last sort of 10 years or so. But let's see what you come up with. Before we go with anything, this has been the worst era for however long for Arsenal this last decade. And we still want more trophies than you, so it's fine. Um, I struggled with goalkeepers, as you could probably tell. I think uh, you struggled with a lot. A yeah. Lot. So, yeah, yeah, talk me through it. I've got Chesney in goal. Okay. Just due to the fact I can't really put Leno in because he's only realistically had a year of the decade to play in goal. Czech was at the end of his career. We know yeah. he wasn't good enough. Ospina's not a keeper. Fabianski didn't decide to be a keeper until he went to West Ham. <laughs> and uh, that left me with Chesney or Lehman. Well, Chesney has come out and said that he is <laughs> pretty much the best, best goalkeeper. Goal yeah, 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 having yeah. Keep, kept out Alisson at Roma and now keeping out Buffon at, uh, at Juventus. Whatever you were smoking in the shower must have been great. <laughs> <laughs> kids, don't, don't smoke, by <laughs> don't the way. Smoke. Any kids watching, please do not smoke. Um, yeah, but he wasn't a bad keeper. He, he's literally... He got a lot of the blame for what Leno's getting a lot of the praise for, which is having a shaky defensive <laughs> point of view. Literally, every time Arsenal lose, oh, it's Chesney's fault. Now, if Arsenal lose, defence. <laughs> it's literally just gone like that. Because um, he was a good keeper. We've seen him make some great saves. I remember the away at Anfield when we won 2-1. And he made that double set penalty save. I think it was from Dirk Hout. Um, other than Bakri Sanya, we've only had Hector at right back, so... <laughs> Going with Hector. Yeah. <laughs> um, yet again, pretty class. He's good going forward. Questionable at the back. But which right back isn't? Don't say Tanganga. Because <laughs> <laughs> um, Shelney basically had 10 years at the club. Yeah. Uh, before Unai and we got rid of him, basically. Yeah. Forced him out of the club. Yeah. I've gone with Rob Holden. Interesting one. I want, I want to know some more about this one. Um, it... Since he's come into the side, remember the FA Cup final against Chelsea where yeah. he was solid. Most of the time, he was Arsenal's best centre-back last year until getting injured. When he's played this season, he's looked like Arsenal's best centre-back. He's comfortable on the ball. You can already tell he's a leader. Um, he spends When he's not training and stuff like that, not playing, he spends a lot of the time in and around the club anyway. So he seems like a decent lad. And plus, it was him or Mertesacker. <laughs> the big German, the big German. Any other potential contenders then at, at centre back, or, or was it pretty, pretty straightforward? Pretty straightforward because there's Scalacci, <laughs> David Luiz, Gallas. Socrates. Gallas not get a mention, not get a look in. William Gallas. Who? <laughs> Who? <laughs> uh, left back is my debatable one, as well as the keeper, because um, I had Tierney hasn't played. Yeah. Otherwise. Would be my left back. Klasnac, great going forward, can't defend, that's not his fault. You can defend Meza Ozil though in about it. The funny thing is, a guy literally hit him with a knife and he didn't get scared. Salah runs at him. <laughs> it's game over. 
And before anyone says it, Staffy's not a centre back, so before <laughs> you throw that one in as well. Um, Gibbs was up there, but he sort of tailed off in the decade. Monreal was sort of our consistent left back for a while, so that's why I've gone with him in there. Um, the midfield pretty much sorts itself. Ozil, at the time, record tied in. If it wasn't for Giroud going on a 16 game goal drought and our other forwards getting injured, he would have been record assist for that season this year. We should have won the league, which says a lot about Arsenal's worst decade, saying is we should have won a league title in there. I hope this one isn't worse. Because <laughs> <laughs> um, he had. He got 19 assists, one off the record by the 14th of February. And then Drew turned around and was like, no. <laughs> no. Quiffed my hair instead. Uh, Sally Cazola, what what more can I say? He, he's. He, he, I miss him. <laughs> I, just miss I, think, him. I think every Arsenal fan is literally in the same position as just the fact that, I mean, a fantastic, fantastic footballer. Um, and obviously Spurs were linked with him under Harry Redknapp amongst many players that we were linked with and then you see the quality that he brought to, to yeah. Arsenal and I think every Arsenal fan that I've spoken to about Cazorla or if there's one player that they'd have back it's Santi Cazorla all day every day Cazorla was just a dream it was so I, like I've watched every single player on this board apart from Aubameyang and the one I get the most like live in the flesh yeah the one I get the most joy out of watching still now when I watch La Liga because I watch more foreign football than English apart from Pep um, is Cazola because it, even the little things he does like before your body fake about three people go and get my hot dog you there going <laughs> he takes corners with his right foot left foot three kicks right foot left foot I remember like an in your Smith row coming out in interviews going I don't know what foot he is like yeah. it's questionable <clears throat> like and the way he glided past people he wasn't running he was gliding I remember the game against City where we won 2 0, and it was like, I think it was seven or eight tackles and interceptions in that game, an assist, a goal, three, uh, three shots in that game that he had. Arsenal only had five shots in total, and there was one point where he gets the ball on the edge of the area, goes past one, goes past two, goes past three, goes past four, goes past the fifth, gets fouled, and gets up and takes a free kick, and you're there going, and Ramsey, just because of what he did in the decade, two FA Cup final winning goals. I think that one is quite an interesting one because... Who would you have What midfielder? I mean, Aaron Ramsey for me at Arsenal was such a weird commodity in the sense that a lot of fans perhaps jumped on him fairly quick. Yeah, they did. Um, and didn't necessarily give him... Like give him time because you've got to remember I think he came from Car he came from Cardiff as like an 18 year old you've got to make that step up you're not going to you know any sort of normal team in the Premier League you know he's going into one of the big boys at the time um, and I think yeah he might have struggled to begin with and then I think only towards the end of his time at, at Arsenal did did fans really sort of appreciate what he'd, what he'd done for the club I remember in 2008 when he signed I remember his first game against Blackburn and he came on he provided an assist within I think it was about five minutes it was fairly viral <laughs> and from then you could tell there was something different about him yeah and then he kept he just carried on but injuries blighted him like the year he did his ankle he broke his ankle 
they broke his ankle, snapped the bone, and dislocated his ankle and some uh, something else in his foot he did, which left him out for I think it was nineteen nil or twenty months. Mm-hmm. He comes back in his first game back, scores against United. You're there going, imagine if we'd still had this player for that season because at that point we were top of the league. Yeah. Um. He was, yeah, he had his off days, but when he was on form, he was the best player on the pitch. Um, I remember him last year coming off the bench against you, and no, starting against you at Wembley. At Wembley, <coughs> starting against Chelsea at the Emirates. I'm pretty sure he came off the bench. He did. He came off the bench at the Emirates against against this year, and and in all three of those games, he was the best player on the pitch. Well, it's easy to turn up for the for the bigger games, isn't it? You know what I mean. You got you got to be consistent. He was consistent a couple of times before injuries. Um, my front three, two of them speak for themselves. The other one's questionable. Uh, Abamyang, quickest player to hit fifty goals in an Arsenal shirt. He's carried us most of this last couple of seasons. Also, I didn't want to have to put someone like Nicholas Bentner in. <laughs> it is his birthday, but. <laughs> Questionable, um, but there was like players that you could have gone like Eduardo if he hadn't got injured, would he stayed longer? Would he have played more? Because I remember him coming back for a Shakhtar Mess game and mm-hmm. one five one. He scored the goal, and the whole crowd stood up and gave him a standing ovation when he scored. Like he was loved. Uh, yeah, but Abamyang partnering him up top, Lacazette, because yet again, forward options have not been. Phenomenal. Juro. <laughs> Could have won a league title, you know. <laughs> Could have won a league title, you know. <laughs> um, and uh, someone that can play a piano on the uh, far left-hand side. <laughs> um, we haven't had many great wingers. There was Arshavin at the start of the decade, but he was dropping off. Awadi was good, but not for world-class. This was a player when he came in, was... He hadn't had a summer off for two years. We're like, oh my god, this boy's gonna eat. like first few months. Is gonna hurt him, and he hit the ground running. Remember the volley against City, inside of his foot, just put it top in. Show up was, don't know why he died, but he still did. Then he just carried on and carried on and carried on, and he got better and better, and he became more and more influential as time went on, and then. Contracts. My favourite thing at Arsenal, contracts. Um, and to be fair to him, he'd been at Barca, he'd come to Arsenal, and when you come to a club like Arsenal who are struggling at the time, yeah, you've won two, yeah, two FA Cups because Urzel was the only one on, Urzel and Ramsey were the only one on there with more than two FA Cups. No, because Chelsea won three. We won three FA Cups this decade. How many have you won? None, don't worry about it. He came in, he was good, very, very good. And the contracts come up and you're there going, yeah, sign it. All you have to do is sign, do something, please. And then rumblings came out that he didn't want to be at the club. He was kicking off with staff, kicking off with players, shouting at players for when when we wouldn't play well. And you're there going, he's becoming worse than what he is. And... Towards the end of his time at Arsenal, you could see the not having summers off were catching up with him. I remember a Palace game where, yeah, he scored both goals, but he looked tired. 
and you could see he was physically dropping off that season anyway. And I said this to United fans, he's physically dropping off. He's not the same player. He's not running as much as he was. He's not making the same tackles. He's not making the same sprints into the box. There's something wrong with him. And when he goes to United, it just falls off a cliff. You're there going, Um, there is a couple of mentionable players that could have got in. Awobi, if he'd done more. Walcott, just for one reason or one reason only. Not known his best position. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, other than that. Wilshire? Wilshire would have. But he's a hospital patient as a part time footballer. I think he would have <laughs> uh, I think he would have got in above Ramsey if he hadn't left when he left. But his contract was up the same time. No, the year because before. he was going to sign a new contract. But yet again, it was one of the things when Unai Emery came in and went, I don't want you because you're an Arsene Wenger player, the same that he did with Ramsey and Koscielny. You're an Arsene Wenger player, I don't want you at the club. I'm going to cancel the contract they're trying to give you. Sort of ties your hands behind your back, doesn't it? I guess so, I guess so. But I hope Jack has all, all the luck in the MLS. That's where he's going to go now. Same as Justin Hoyt. Um, Captain. Captain. Cazorla. Cazorla. Yeah. Because Koscielny was never—he was never a born leader. He grew into the role, but Cazorla was one of those players that almost led by example in everything he did. Like you'd never hear a bad article about Cazorla. You'd never hear a bad word spoken about Cazorla. Everyone he's played against has gone phenomenal person, phenomenal player. And then, obviously, I'm guessing manager-wise, only got to be one candidate. Um, you know, Mikel Arteta. <laughs> um, uh, maybe Unai Emery. <laughs> no, obviously yeah. Wenger. Yeah. Um, my real dad. <laughs> Don't please. Spurs fans have got some serious uh, songs regarding those types of things. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I'm looking forward to seeing Sol Campbell in your team of the decade. Well, I wanted to put Bob Wilson in just due to the fact he played two charity games. <laughs> there was no other real keeper, to be honest. But I'm, I'm interested in yours because I asked you if you had Delhi in, your best friend, the man you love. You he still he did only cost five mil and is, you know, by far and away better than better than Ozil. Get in the bin. Um, He's still your WhatsApp photo, by the way. Definitely not. Definitely not. Oh, no, I think you've changed it now, but it was for a long time. That was an old photo. Yes, I've had my hair changed a couple of times since. <laughs> oh, that's a questionable keeper. We haven't had any others. <laughs> yeah, exactly. What, what about Hubbard Gazaniga? No. Well, that, that was... Oh, spelling. Here we go. In before any spelling mistakes, I'm think sorry I've about mine. That. Really? Try make it sound like they're questionable, but they're not. Mm. I'm looking forward to this midfield. Oh, it's sauce. Okay, that he's sauce. Did he play the deck? Oh yeah, he did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll give you that one. Well, you should, because he's played in the decade. Yeah, but not long enough in the decade. But I at least went for players that played a fair bit. <clears throat> See, now I've got two... Two spots Two there. spots that are... 
There's two on there that have played about two seasons. They're killing me. Saying that, so it's above you. They're killing me. I'm just saying, if you don't go to Delhi, he's gonna be really sad. I'm well. If Delhi's watching (laughs) (laughs) or he's listening, um, yeah. See, now I've got one. I've got one spot. It could be filled by about four players. It genuinely could. It genuinely could. hurting you isn't it this is so so tough like I don't think it's got to be no has to be no oh my god has to be but you haven't put him at centre oh I'm going to pull up your centre back then <laughs> and then oh your manager's got to be Harry <laughs> okay so let's go through this then shall we um I've seen quite a few Tottenham teams of the decade, um, and they are pretty, pretty standard <laughs> in terms of the decade and what we've achieved and how far we've actually come within that decade. Um, for me, goalkeeper, there's only one, Hugo Lloris, um, the best goalkeeper I've ever seen in a Spurs shirt, um, and a World Cup winner. Yeah. Um, I remember the day that we signed him, and we've signed him for peanuts, by the way. Um, and my dad was going, "Where's what's he like?" And I just said two words. I said, "World class," because at the time he could have gone. He had his pick of any club in Europe, in the world. He could have gone to Real Madrid. He could have gone to Barcelona, and he picked us. Um, I know over the past sort of three seasons or so. He's started to drop off a little bit, um, especially with his distribution. But remember watching him, especially early on, and you know almost that sweeper keeper type of thing, the way we played under AVB. Yeah. Um, so yeah, for me it has to be Hugo. Um, but like I say, even though he's dropping off a little bit with distribution and things like that, he still is able to pull off saves and, and save us in in games and pull off some some really good and really. Crucial saves at crucial times, um, yeah. and like I say, he's he's won the ultimate prize in, in football, which is the World Cup. Um, the fullbacks speak for themselves. Yeah. Um, Walker and Rose. I mean, part. I think that back four actually speaks for itself. Yeah. One of the strong, one of the best defensive records in the league at one point. Um, especially and especially in our last season at White Hart Lane, Walker and Rose were. Were unbelievable, um, and I think rightly so cemented their place in in the England team, not just the England squad, but the England team at, at that time. Um, there are mentions for veteran Kaluka and Benoit Asuakoto, who Spurs fans might come to me and go, "No, they weren't all that." Actually, Chaluka wasn't as bad as everybody makes out. Um, was a steady, steady Eddie, shall we say, at the back. Asuakoto. Um, alright, doesn't particularly like football, um, (laughs) says it's a job and the money's great and so are the hours, but actually didn't really get roasted. Nobody really took the mick out of Asuakoto and used to like him because he used to give a little bit into into wingers and get away with it so many times, like it was ridiculous. Um, And I think chalk and cheese, salt and pepper, you know what I mean, fish and chips, Toby and Yan, partnerships. they complement each other so so well. 
Um, I think Toby's more of the dominant centre-back and Jan's the cool, calm head in the back. I think I've got a good balance there as well, obviously Jan being the left-footed centre-half as well. Um, Vertonghen, as I mentioned in my Premier League team of the decade, um, has been one of the most consistent um, defenders um, in the Premier League. So not only just for Tottenham and Toby, the fact we got in for 11 million is ridiculous. The fact that nobody's come in for him when he had 25 million pound release clause, again, ridiculous because he's probably one of the best centre-backs in the league as well. Um, certainly within the top five um, and whatnot. And like I say, the, the relationship that back four or even five had um, when they were all together was, was fantastic. Yeah, that last season of the lane was deadly. Yeah, literally. Um, mentions, again, probably Michael Dawson, um, who, fantastic servant for, for Tottenham, loves the club, as I'm sure people might find out on a soccer special when he uh, sometimes covers our Champions League games, especially last season at, at Wembley. Um, and, of course, Ledley. Um, the reason why Ledley isn't in here is because he was coming towards the end of his time. And, and also a hospital patient. But one of the best on his day, yeah. I've ever seen. Um, you know the fact he never trained. He trained for ten minutes on a Friday and would be the best player on the pitch on a Saturday is ridiculous. And there will be nobody. There will be nobody else like Ledley. Um, and as a as a man as well, fantastic man. Been fortunate enough to meet him a few times, and he's a fantastic person. Um, but Toby and Yan, I think for the decade, and um, I don't think too many people can can argue with that one. Midfield, midfield. Um, Can I just say, absolute options, by the way. Had a few, um, but magician Modric um, loved, loved, loved watching Luca. Um, the things he used to do with the football was ridiculous um, and was a pivotal part of his getting into the Champions League to begin with. Yeah. And then when we were in there, some of the performances that he put in... Um, were just fantastic. Um, I know it sort of ended a little bit sourly in the fact that you know he, he submitted a transfer request, openly admitted he wanted to join Chelsea at the time, but Daniel Levy being Daniel Levy, it's not happening. Um, gave us another year and then went to went to Real Madrid after that and has subsequently won the Ballon d'Or since. Um, but in a Spurs shirt was just just fantastic. Was thinking how can somebody with his, not only his height, similar to Cazorla in the fact that small, kind of slight, but how can they just run midfields like that, especially in the league that we're in, um, where it is very sort of fast paced and high tempo. Um, but he could he could turn his way out of a phone box, Luka Modric, he's ridiculous. Um, and next to him is one of the best footballers I have ever seen in my life. You in still so much about him like I'm pretty sure like you've just got Moussa Dembele walls up in your room like, I, I do have Moussa Dembele posters in my room um, <laughs> but honestly one of the I can say one of the best footballers I have I've ever seen in my life Moussa Dembele um, it's like you say with Cazorla it's like Spurs fans <laughs> with Moussa Dembele um, can we have him back um, especially now please can we have him back in our midfield because we miss him so much um, the way he used to carry the ball the way he used to glide past people as if they wasn't there I remember Derby Day at Wembley when we beat Arsenal 1-0 controlled Shaka, Wilshere and Ozil on his own 
that two was, of those midfielders aren't midfielders. That, but that just <laughs> that just cemented his greatest of all time status. The fact that he controlled a midfield three on his own in the North yeah. London derby was just ridiculous. And I don't think it's any surprise really that since he's left, Tottenham's form has dropped off. Yeah. Um, but actually, come to us as a number ten, and then moved right. back and was just immense. He is Spurs' Vieira. He was. He's just been immense. I mean, he's he like the gap that he left. You didn't think he would leave. No, and it's almost That's taken. That's why he's your guys, Vieira. I think it's taken potentially now one or two players to come in and try and fill that void. You look at it. It could be Sissoko. It could be Endon Bele. It could be now Gedson Fernandez. We've just brought in on loan from Benfica, but that's a try before you buy it. It is. It might work. It might not. Um, so, but Musa Dembele was the first name down on my, and it will be the first name down on my on any Tottenham team that I ever do. First name down is Musa Dembele all day. Players, player, everybody at Spurs, the player wise, wants him in their team, even in the five sides, because he's just as strong as an ox, but has got ballerina feet at the same time, and you're wondering how it works. Yeah. It's ridiculous. Now, to the money end of the pitch, where I struggled big time. Um, You're saying money end. Imagine those players being sold in this market in their prime. Oh, Absolute dollar. Ridiculous. <laughs> Compared um, to the stadium for you. I'm going to go with this man here, the once most expensive footballer in the world, Gareth Bale. Um, the last couple of years we had of Gareth Bale... He was world class and nobody could touch him. It was Gareth Bale's world and we were all living in it. Um, he single-handedly carried us to fifth, especially in AVB's first season. Yeah. We were pretty much a one-man team. Didn't want to say it at the time, I can say it now because he's doing whatever he's doing in Madrid. Um, but... At the time, he was just on another level from anybody else, um, and that's ultimately what got his move to Real Madrid. Gareth Bale, um, the free kicks, the goals, you know, match-winning moments just from him. It, I can't really say any more other than he was just world class. I know we had a, a big spell in the in the decade previous where he we wouldn't win if he played. Um, and I think Harry Redknapp put him on when we won four, when we were winning four 0 and he said, "Surely, surely, <laughs> surely we're not going to lose this one." Um, and then I think Harry played a big part in his career in terms of getting his mentality right. Um, and then after that, he just took it and, and flew. And obviously, everybody remembers Inter Milan, Inter Milan retiring Mykon and everything like that. Um, the, the game that stands out is when you were losing. Was it 4 0 at half time? Yeah, away at the San He just goes like that and scores that. The, all three goals are the exact same goal as well. Yeah. It was out, that was the first time I sort of sat there and went, oh my god. Because it was a left back that wasn't really good. And as soon as he got pushed further forward, you're there going, oh my god, this could be dangerous. <laughs> yeah, um, and he was just different, different class for us. Um, and I know there's a lot of Spurs fans that want him back. Um, would I have him back? Maybe. Maybe. I don't want him to come back and almost it not work out because I want to remember Gareth Bale for what he Happens. produced and not for, if, like I say, if it doesn't work out, I don't want him to be remembered for yeah. that. Uh, number 10, I had a few options. I had 
obviously the man I put in Raphael van der Vaart, I had Christian Eriksen, I had Deli Alli. I've gone with Raphael van der Vaart because he brought something to Tottenham that we did not have at the time, which was a player who had the mentality, um, a winning mentality. He had been there, seen it, done it at every single level, um, made us sort of change the way we played a little bit. Um, and just had the most amazing rapport with the fans. He understood from a fan's perspective what it meant in big games, in even even in the like he would also drag us out of of games as well with a little bit of genius, with a little bit of brilliance. It might be a through pass for, you know, Defoe or Crouch or Keane, whoever he or Pavlichenko even was up front with at the time. Um and yeah, Rafa for me was just the game that stands out for me is obviously when you won three to the carpet and it was him that turned that game around. Yeah, he just had that, that star quality was, that we didn't Yeah, we and he didn't understood have. what it meant as well. Like When we speak about they understand what it means for a fan, like Cazorla had that in big games. He knew what it meant for the fans. Van der Vaart almost embodied what you wanted as yeah. a Spurs fan on yeah, the field. Yeah, 100%. And you know, he famously said you know all his favourite goals are the ones he scored against Arsenal, not like I says Fabregas, because he only scored twice against us. Van der Vaart done it a few more times. Um, yeah, and there was that. Goals. <laughs> the thing is with Van der Vaart as well, and you guys can go and watch it on, you know, his his goals on YouTube, especially in the Spurs shirt. He he did like to wind up the opposition fans as yeah, well. He, he did gave it he did give it a little shush, um, as well, which uh, was quite interesting. I did enjoy that. But no, Rafa for me, yeah, I could have put Ericsson in. Um, he broke your heart with a transfer request. No, no, not at all. Um, I think Ericsson has been very, very inconsistent in a Spurs shirt. Um, and I don't think Ericsson believes he's as good as the ability that he's got. Van der Vaart yeah. knew how good he was. Um, and yeah, obviously, I know with Ericsson now it's not ending how we want it to end, and he's not putting in the, the level of performance that we expect, but so much ability. Um, but for me, Ericsson is just that little bit too inconsistent. Like He will have a worldie of a game and then go missing for five or six. And I think that's what's separating Ericsson from like a De Bruyne or a David Silva, because I think ability-wise, there's not much different, or not much difference. I just think consistency-wise, De Bruyne's and your Silvers and, and people like that, of that ilk, are ahead of him. Um, yeah. But again, Eric, it was a tough call because, like I say, Ericsson's dug us out over many, many years um, with late goals and assists and things like that. But yeah, I just, ha I just had to put Van der Vaart in. Yeah. Uh, left wing, Hyunmin Son. Um, I resisted temptation to put in Aaron Lennon for personal reasons um, because I loved watching Aaron Lennon. Um, my hero and my idol was Aaron Lennon, um, but Hyunmin Son, I think over the past or over the time that we've had him, has just been electric. Um, so much energy, so much pace, very very direct. When running at fullbacks, I think they will always get tired of of playing against Hyunmin Son. Um, can pop up in a number of. He could probably play anywhere across this, you know, yeah. across the front. Um, and you know some of the goals that he has scored um, as well have just been fantastic. Namely, the goal against Burnley this season has just been that was phenomenal. It's goal of the season. 
He's um, also got that, I'm going to use it as like what Freddy used to do. If someone runs past him, he's kicking them. He's yeah. not letting them get past. But the thing is, he does it with a smile, so he gets away with it. <laughs> a little bit like Fernandinho does for City. But I think Son's personality as well is just brilliant. Yeah. Um, you can't really not love, fall in love with him and Son. Um, okay. He's just he's just one of those people that you just go, oh my God, Sonny, I just love you. Um, and things like that. So all the little bits and pieces he does, sort of in and around the training ground and, and everything like that. As fans, it's something that we all enjoy and we all love so um and actually as well because i think there has been times where clubs sign a player from eastern asia yeah as more of a market employee um whereas he is a very very good footballer and jim and son is a very good footballer so there's that off the back of it as well because like i say they might sign somebody who isn't the greatest yeah they're not the greatest but you know revenue wise it's going to go through the roof because, you know, I think Human Son is literally like South Korea's David Beckham. He is their their go-to player. Today. Yeah, he is. But like I say, he's a fantastic player and um, stepped up last season with, with Harry Kane being injured um, and has scored some really, really important and vital goals for us. And I think he's almost undroppable in, in this Tottenham team and in this Tottenham side. Um Listen, there's only one man that's going to ever be up front in this decade, and it's Harry Kane. Um, shout out Jermaine Defoe, shout out Robbie Keane, Peter Crouch, Pavlichenko, Adebayor, <laughs> Soldado, Vincent Janssen, um, and whatnot. But Harry Kane is world class. Not Lorente? Big Fernando. Big Fernando. Oh my. City. Listen, Fernando Lorente. You are probably one of the best backup strikers we've ever had, Getting and you will give yeah. you will give any Spurs fan the one of the greatest nights of their lives with what you did at the Etihad. Um, I was there that night and it was mental. Um, but it's, it's Harry Kane all day, every day, twice again yeah. on Sundays. He is. He came in as a bit of a unknown to many, and is now the best, one of the best strikers in the world, if not the best striker in the world. Um, I don't. He's just world class. He just scores goals. He's in this death in the time he's been in the first team at Spurs. He's now Tottenham's Premier League record goal scorer. That is just ridiculous. Um, he just scores yeah, goals. Yeah, I will caveat that with when you've got players like Ali, Eriksson, Son, Mora, Lamella playing behind you. That's not a hard role to do. However, you say that, but he's still got to finish the chances off. Yeah. Um and. Nine times out of ten, he's going to score. Um, and when he is through one-on-one, like I say, nine times out of ten, you, he's more than likely to score. Um, so, but yeah, Harry Kane, all-round centre-forward, um, can virtually do it, can play on the shoulder, running behind, yeah. can hold it, bring others into play. Um, and loves a goal in the North London derby as well. Um, so... Yeah, I just, uh, captain of England, captain of the country at, at 25, that that goes a long way. Um, he won't be there this year, though, so it's going to have to be big Marcus up top, isn't it? We'll see, because there's a chance that he might be he might be fit for the Euros. Um, obviously, he's got a big injury now. Um, but, yeah, I don't think 
he can look past Harry Kane. And like I say, we've had some decent strikers at Spurs over the past decade. We've had some clangers as well. Um, but we've had some decent strikers. Um, like I say, Jermaine Defoe, most natural-born finisher I've ever seen. Um, there was something that came up earlier because there's talks of him coming back to England at some point, isn't there? It was like all the clubs that he's been at and how many goals he scored. And you're sitting there just going, outrageous. Yeah. Just outrageous. Yeah. Um, Robbie Keane was a classy centre forward for us, done a lot for the club. Yeah. Um, Pavlichenko, uh, inconsistent but never scored a tap in. Yeah. All his goals are just weldies. Um, you know, I can remember the, the one at Young Boys, the yeah. goals he the goals he scored against Wolves away sticks out, one against Birmingham to send them down. Um, he just lashes the life out of the ball and sticks it in the top corner like or in the corners every time. Um Crouchy done well for us, um, gave us good service, um and again pivotal to us being in the Champions League and then once we were there again put in some really really good performances struck up a great partnership with Van der Vaart um, as well um, and things like that and then obviously we had a bit of a lull with Adebayor and Soldado and whatnot. and then luckily we've had Captain Kane coming in Talking of captains who's your captain on this side? Very very difficult very very difficult and I think there's a few contenders in there There's one that sticks out for me Go on Musa I don't think he's captain material, if I'm honest. I'm going to go with Harry Kane. Captain Harry Kane. Kane. Captain Kane. Um, I just think he's probably got his mentality um, to just want to be the best uh, every day. Let's uh, hope he gets back to that, because the last couple of seasons he's obviously had the injuries and yeah. struggled. Hate to say it, but I hope he gets back to it for international level. He Not can break his ankles. <laughs> Spurs don't care. <laughs> yeah, um, but yeah, for me, captain, captain Kane. Yeah, captain manager A V B. Definitely not. <laughs> Definitely not. Sherwood, no chance. Um, Harry. What about the guy that you got from the crowd to do it? Yeah, he was. He was in. He was in. Um, he had a great stint. Uh, that guy. So, uh, I think there's probably two contenders, and it's between Harry and Poch and for me it has to be Pochettino um, what he took over in terms of a football club to what he left it chalk and cheese he took over a football club that was losing its way that had a lot of people that necessarily did not want to be there um, a lot of people sort of there for the money because Tottenham paid decent money not great money in terms of its competitors but decent money, I know a lot of it's bonus incentivised, um, but was sort of there for the money, didn't particularly care, it was more of a, a job, that kind of thing. And yeah, I get it that it is a job, um, but ultimately when he's left it, he left it in a much, much better place with a new stadium. You know, the training yeah. ground was already there when he was there, but you know, now we are, we've gone from a team that finished fifth, pushing for top four, to a team now that believes we can win the league, yeah, um, and get into the Champions League but final a, as well. That's the thing. Like, there was a banner at the Middlesbrough game that was like, "Oh, leave me out. You've done nothing. There's been no success." A lot of fans will only see success as trophies. Yeah. What Poch and Levy have built behind the scenes, yeah, is successful because it's made you a bigger club. Yeah, I think there's a lot of untangible success that's happened at Tottenham. 
Um, and like you say, the tangible success is the trophies, and that's the only thing that can be levelled really at Pochettino. I think there was that last season at White Hot Lane, we should have won a trophy. Um, probably the FA Cup. Um, should we have won the league? A lot of people will go, you came further to us, race. Uh, yeah, we never went top, unlike some clubs, um, especially on Valentine's Day, eh, Connor? Um, so it's a lovely day, that. <laughs> for me, I don't think we were ever there to win the league. Yeah, the, the um, that, way that you year. were, your players were big in it. I think that's bit, and some of your fans were big in it. I had a, where the it only the only time I thought we'd win the league is when we beat Stoke away four 0 That was the time I thought we could, and I genuinely yeah. had a because a lot of people were asking me at the time. You know, I was at, at university and stuff like that, and people were going, "Do you think you can win the league?" I went, "No." Um, I genuinely didn't. It, apart from that Stoke game, where I thought we might have, a, we've got a chance. And that was it's quite late in the season. If Giroud had been an actual striker for six months of the season, Arsenal would have won it. And I think that the was, fairy tale. That was, Arsenal's, that was Arsenal's time, I think. But yeah. that was the only thing I think Pochettino failed to do. And I think, had we'd won the Champions League, he'd have gone down as the greatest manager probably in Tottenham so history. So glad you did win the Champions League. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, but like I said, he left the football club in a much, much better state than what he found it. Delivered yeah. a philosophy club culture that now Mourinho has picked up on likes it and wants to try and keep it as best as he can um, for the minute anyway we'll see what happens next season don't worry Tanganga's um, going on loan next year <laughs> well at this rate he's, he's probably starting because the centre-backs we've got are inconsistent um, so but yeah that is my my Tottenham team of the decade not a bad side not a bad side right then guys that is us done for this week. Let us know who has got the better team. Uh, and you, we're going to use the hashtag Team Wes and Team Connor for that one. And also let us know who you think would win in a match between my team and Connor's team. So you have to do... My team's destroying your midfield. I'm not having it. Because Zola's running rings around those two. He's, uh, not, those two. he's not getting out of yes, Dembele's pocket at all. Um, so yeah guys let us know um, and don't forget to like comment subscribe and follow as well peace out